0: يا أهلا وسهلا فيكم ببرنامجكم سماشي كريبتو اللي منغطف فيه آخر المستجدات في عالم العملات المشفرة واليوم نحكي عن القيم السوقية للعملات المشفرة وأيضاً لكم بعض الأخبار الأخرى وبالختام رح يكون عندنا مقابلة رح نحكي فيها عن أهمية حماية استثماراتنا أيضاً في العملات الرقمية خلانا نبدأ بأول خبر معنا لليوم بس قبل ما نبدأ بأخبار اليوم كنا عم نحكي أنا وعلي تحت الهواء إنه علي كتير مبسوط لسبب إنه استثماراته كلها بالأخضر هلأ والماركت يعني طالع فمبسوطه عم بيقول إنه خطه ذكي جدا إني استثمرت بالعملات الرقمية مثل ما عم نشوف الآن البيتكوين بيتكوين عالي وصل أكثر من 47 ألف دولار الآن الارتفاع أكثر من 3.14% تقريباً أيضاً عندنا الإثيريوم ارتفع أيضاً وصل لـ 3288 الارتفاع أكثر من 4% وحتى عملة الديتش كوين وصلت لـ 0.3 مثل ما نتذكر للأسابيع الماضية وحتى الأشهر الماضية كانت تقريباً 0.1 لفترة طويلة جداً الآن الارتفاع لعملة الديتش كوين وصلت أكثر من 13% نسبة الارتفاع و حتى القيمة السوقية للعملات الرقمية والمشفرة ارتفعت بشكل كبير وهذا أول خبر معنا لليوم هي فعلا أنه عادت القيمة السوقية للعملات المشفرة إلى مستوى تريليوني تقريبا 2 تريليون دولار مجددا وهو المستوى اللي لم يتحقق منذ شهر مايو الماضي تقريبا ولكن استمرار تحقيق المزيد من المكاء عم بواجه عقبة بسبب متطلبات الإبلاغ الضريبي الجديدة المحتملة في الولادات المتحدة الأمريكية تحديدا ارتفعت قيمة أكثر من 8800 رمز مشفر تتبعها شركة كوين جيكو تقريبا بنسبة 55% لتصل إلى واحد 1.95 تريليون دولار بعد ما وصلت إلى أدنى مستوى لها في يوليو وساعدها في ذلك ارتفاع أسعار عملات بيتكوين وأيضا إثيريوم وتوقف صعود بيتكوين بسبب الرقابة على العملات الافتراضية في مشروع قانون البنية التحتية اللي أقره مجلس الشيوخ وذلك طبعاً وفقاً لبورصة العملات المشفرة لونو جاءت التحركات إلى الأعلى حتى بعد أن فشلت صراعة العملات الرقمية على الفوز بتغيير قواعد الإبلاغ الضريبي للعملات المشفرة في مشروع قانون للبنية التحتية بالولايات المتحدة الأمريكية تارك لغة سليمة للإشراف الواسع على العملات الافتراضية في التشريع اللي أقره مجلس الشيوخ تحديداً يوم الثل الماضي. مثل ما عم نشوف القيمة السوقية للعملات المشفرة بارتفاع كبير جدا وأيضا عم بتنافس العديد من الشركات اللي إلها ب من ناحية القيمة السوقية. هل ننتقل لتاني خبر معنا لليوم ونحكي عن شركة AMC للترفيه. شركة AMC للإنترتيمنت والترفيه قالت إن رح تبدأ بقبول عملة البيتكوين كدفعة للتذاكر السينما إذا تم شراؤها عبر الإنترنت في جميع صالات العرض في الولايات المتحدة الأمريكية وقال آدم آرين واللي هو يعني ماسك السلسلة دور السينما أنه راح تكون مستعدة تقنيا لقبول العملة المشفرة كدفعة بحلول نهاية 2021 يعني هذا العام وتمثل هذه الخطوة تزاوجا بين اثنين من الأصول شديدة المضاربة عملة بيتكوين المعروفة بتقلبها الشهير الشديد عفوا وايضا سهم اي ام سي اللي اصبح نجم اسهم بفضلها تجار التجزئة في منتدى ردد تحديدا الشهير وللاشخاص اللي بيحبوا الاسهم متعلقة بالميمز وغيرها تأرجح سعر البيتكوين بشكل كبير في الاسابيع الاخيرة ليتم تداوله مؤخرا الى قرابة مثل ما ذكرنا اليوم سبعة الف دولار بعد انخفاضه الى اقل من ثلاثين الف دولار في شهر الماضي. وكتير ناس قالوا أن البيتكوين رح ينزل حتى لتحت العشرين ألف. جاء الانتعاش الأخير بعد فشل مجلس الشيوخ مثل ما ذكرنا في دفع صفقة البنية التحتية المبرمة من قبل الحزبيين الديمقراطي وأيضا الجمهوري إلى فرض قواعد أكثر صرامة على مستثمري العملات المشفرة لجمع المزيد من الضرائب بهدف استثمار 550 مليار دولار منها في أنظمة النقل وأيضا الطاقة. يذكر أيضاً أن تسلا كانت قد أعلنت سابقاً عن خطط لسماح بالعودة بالتعامل بعملة البيتكوين بعد ما أوقفت شراء السيارات باستخدام العملات المشفرة تحديداً في منتصف مايو بسبب مخاوف بشأن كيفية مساهمة التعدين في تغيير المناخ وتأثيره على البيئة أيضاً. وكان الرئيس التنفيذ دي قال بأنه عم بيخطط للاحتفاظ بالعملة على المدى الطو- الطويل وهي أيضاً من الأمور اللي ساهمت في دعم العملات الرقمية والمشفرة. خلائنا ننتقل لآخر خبر معنا لليوم واللي ضجت في كل الأخبار المتعلقة في عالم العملات المشفرة واللي هو أكبر عملية احتيال في تاريخ العملات الرقمية حيث قالت شركة بولي نتورك منصة العملات المشفرة اللي استهدفت في وقت سابق من هذا الأسبوع بهجوم إلكتروني أن القراصنة اللي بيقف وراء واحدة من أكبر عمليات سرقة العملات المشفرة على الإطلاق قد أعادوا تقريباً جميع ما قاموا بسرقته وهو ما تتخطى قيمته 600 مليون دولار وهاجم القراصنة منصة بولي نتورك الشركة المتخصصة في تحويلات العملات المشفرة يوم الثلاثاء تحديداً في واحدة من أكبر سرقات الأموال الرقمية في التاريخ ولكن بحلول يوم الخميس أعادوا جميع الأموال المسروقة تقريباً في سلسلة بطيئة من المعاملات وقالت الشركة أن القراصنة اللي سرقوا العملات المشفرة بتتخطى قيمتها 600 مليون دولار تقريباً من منصة بولي أعادوا تقريباً ما قيمته 342 مليون دولار بعد أقل من 48 ساعة يوم الأربعاء بدأ القراصني في إعادة العملات المسروقة مما دفع بعض محللي البلوكتشين، البلوكتشين عفوًا إلى التكهن بأن ربما وجدوا أنه من الصعب جداً طبيب عملات المشفرة المسروقة بهذا الحجم حسب ما نقلوا موقع مينت ولكن المنصة اللي لم تكن معروفة كثيراً قبل السرقة الضخمة يوم الثلاثاء أعلنت على تويتر أن القراصنة من فئة القبعة البيضاء في إشارة إلى أن القراصنة اللي عم بيهدفوا من هجماتهم عموماً إلى الكشف عن نقاط الضعف السبراني ومن ثم بيقوموا بعادة الأموال وطبعاً سببه هو ثغرة أمنية في منصة بولي نتورك وهذا الموضوع اللي رح نركز عليه في مقابلتنا لليوم بعد الفاصل مقابلتنا مع ستيفن ووربيك المدير العام لشركة داك لايف رح نحكي فيها عن كيفية وأهمية حماية استثماراتك في عالم العملات الرقمية خليكم معنا ولا تروحوا لبعيد. Duck Life. Hi, Stephen, how are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you. yourself.
0: Very good. Uh, we were talking Excellent. just right before the interview about what happened in mm-hmm. Poly Network and um, uh, Heist and whatever happened. So, we would like to discuss with you how important it sure. is to protect uh, our investment in the crypto market, especially these days.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, so I assume that people have context in terms of what happened, but it was basically an exploit on the Poly network and um, layer two kind of piece. So it wasn't the actual underlying protocols that that uh, that had the exploit. But um but ultimately it was one of the biggest so I think mean, it was 600 million. Yeah, it turns out to be white, a white hat hacker,
0: exactly. um,
1: which is good. So kind of testing kind of the ecosystem and then returning the funds, although I'm pretty sure it caused a lot of people a lot of stress.
0: Um, <laughs>
1: Panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, for obvious reasons and um, and kind of to the point that you're, you're kind of saying the, you know, the need to kind of secure your own, your own funds, your own investment is, is really important because if we're going to step into this kind of decentralized like financial world and we're going to have kind of ourselves as the people who are the holders and the people who are accountable for our funds, then we have to take responsibility ourselves. So
0: exactly.
1: there are quite a few ways that you can do that.
0: So tell us, what are the ways, (laughs) yeah, please.
1: (laughs) Sure, sure. I mean, firstly, it really depends on what type of crypto you're holding. And personally, me, I'm really a Bitcoiner uh, through and through. So, um, you know, I tend to take my, if I buy Bitcoin then I tend to buy that um, from an exchange and then I immediately take it offline. So it goes into a cold wallet Mm -hmm. um, or a hot wallet. Um, cold wallets are basically something that's disconnected from the internet. So you just take your private keys offline. You've got Ledger, Trezor and um, Engrave is another one that's coming out soon. That I'm keeping an eye on um, and that's in effect disconnected from the internet. You have to use your passphrase. You have to have a separate pin and you load your Bitcoin onto that. Um, some of the wallets do actually support other crypto tokens. Um, some of the main ones. So, so that's good. Hot wallet is something kind of this still connected to the internet so it's like an app on your phone Mm -hmm. coinbase wallet is a good example blue wallet moon is uh, a m-u-u-n is another good one um and uh, and in effect there it just means that it's easy to kind of access so it's less secure Mm -hmm. but i still use them um but they you know you're in effect always connected to the internet so what you wouldn't do is go into say a cafe and just connect to some random wi-fi because that's kind of where hackers can kind of exploit and mm. um, so you always want to kind of keep kind of your kind of your whereabouts as to what you're doing and what you're connected to personally for me i stay on the 4g network uh when i'm offline i don't connect to any third party wi-fi um when i'm out and about um, and obviously don't c- click on any you know, the kind of links <laughs> that you get sent on sms i know we have a big problem with that um you know emails you have to be aware of so they're the two wallet types of storing your your kind of crypto. Um, the other way, which is kind of what happened here, is um, you can kind of lock them up to earn yield. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where this exploit happened with Poly Network. So it's great that you can earn a return on your crypto. But, you know, whenever you're seeing yields, whether it's 5 percent, 10 percent, 20 percent, that's coming at the cost of risk. So a 20 percent return sounds great. But you're assuming that return. For quite a high risk per se, exactly. so the smart con- contract that got uh, that kind of was was hacked, and there has been a number of them. That was where that kind of bridge then kind of uh, materialized. Exactly. So.
0: Yeah, and yeah. is it uh, is it important like to diversify where we're investing in different apps, for instance?
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it really depends on how much you hold um, okay. in terms of crypto and and kind of. You've obviously got to secure your own password yourself, so you don't store your passwords online, or say don't use um, Apple Notes, Notes or Evernote. Yeah. You know, you have to write them down. You know, you can separate them out and yeah. put them in two places. Just don't forget where you put them. But um, but fundamentally, if you if you hold a lot of crypto, then you 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 ultimately want to spread that out across wallets, because otherwise you've got a single point of failure. Exactly. So it's always better to to have multiple wallets, um, be it. Cold storage and kind of easy access storage as hot wallets, and then some. If you're a trader, you might want to keep some on exchanges. But I'm I'm not one to to recommend keeping any of your assets on the exchange because again, that you're you're assuming the risk that they have as an as an exchange. So their vulnerability is your vulnerability. Whereas at least if you own and you've got you've kind of got control of your crypto, then it's your responsibility. Exactly. So you're you're the sole person accountable.
0: Exactly. Um, and um, so, yeah, for, for instance, like if I'm a beginner in the crypto market and I really want to invest, mm-hmm. is it best to hold and just like keep on the side, whatever I'm investing and be patient about it or the trading?
1: I mean, if you look at my Twitter handle, it's Stephen <laughs> Hoddlebeck. Um, so I personally, for me, I'm a, um, okay, I may, I do it in two ways. So I, I hold 95% of my wow. crypto. Um, you know, I I brought it as an investment and um, I see investments as long term, either 5, 10, 15 year mm-hmm. event horizons. And really that's kind of been my thesis, you know, all along when it comes to investing in, in this space, uh, predominantly Bitcoin um, and a bit of Ethereum as well, um, just because of the the, the network growth of, of both of those. Um, so, yeah, if you're new to this space, then, you know, no one's very good at timing the market mm. it's all about time in the market so you'd want to be buying and taking a five ten year time horizon i think if we look at where this space is going um you're more likely to outperform um yourself um as a trader um, if you hold on to kind of whatever you invest in over the next five ten years if we look out to 2030 and we see kind of you know where the financial markets are heading um all the infrastructure that's being built around it i think taking that kind of longer term view is probably going to help you out trying to trade this market especially on leverage is probably asking for quite a bit of uh quite a bit of trouble uh, if you don't really know what you're doing um but there's no harm in buying and selling you know if, if something if a coin for example you know goes up 100 percent you don't really know what you bought i um, mean you were just dabbling in the space to teach yourself and then you sell it Absolutely no harm in that either. It's yeah. really up to you. But personally, yeah, um, as an investor, buy and hold.
0: hold. <laughs> buy and hold. <laughs> when to buy then?
1: When to buy? Uh, same advice that I've been given, uh, friends, family for for years now. Um, you dollar cost average. Um, if you're if you're new to the space, then you will always be waiting for that lower price because you believe you are better than the market. Yeah. So the best advice for any new investors, particularly. Anyone coming into the space in the last 12 months, um, or thinking about coming into the space now because of the attention it's got, um, you know, just take whatever it is that you've got left over for your month, um, and, and dollar cost average in. If you have a lump sum that you want to buy into, my recommendation is not to buy once it's you know a market's moved up 20% in one day, which is what we sometimes see in the crypto space, mm-hmm. but maybe to buy when um, when everyone else is maybe you know a little bit more fearful. Um, but fundamentally, as a new investor dollar cost average is probably the most sensible advice anyone can really give you.
0: So what do we tell the people who are saying like it's too late to invest in, especially in Bitcoin, the fact that it's over $40,000 right now? forty-seven yeah. to be specific.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you buy one whole Bitcoin, then yeah. that's, that's the cost. But you can buy fractions of, of a Bitcoin. So, um, and, you know, and to anyone, anyone that says you're too, we're too late to this market, You know, I I would argue that you're you're still mega early. You're probably still in the early adopter phase. Um, Given that the market's less than two trillion dollars, and we're looking at kind of you know what's a total addressable market, maybe 500 trillion, Mm -hmm. 600 trillion. I mean, the way the printing presses are going around the world today, maybe that market size is going to increase even more. So, you know, a lot of quite a, a lot of well-known macro investors in this space would still argue that there's a 50 to hundred X in this space over the next 10, 20 years, really depending on kind of the growth of the market. Um, and I think if you take a, if you do take that kind of long-term time horizon and say, let's look at the network effects, the, the adoption, um, you know, if you apply Metcalfe's law to this, yeah. then, you know, that everything is kind of going bottom left, top, right, particularly Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, and with that in mind, you know, you'd be entering into this space now. And with that trend continuing, it's very likely the price will continue to follow that that trend. There's so no guarantees, of course, um, and a lot depends on you know, a broader macro kind of take of the world as what we see today. It's no longer just a space of kind of, um, you know, kind of cypherpunks yeah. you know, betting on uh, crypto, right? This you yeah. know, crypto has really gone mainstream and, and, and will continue to, to do so you know, as kind of the US government, you know, spent quite a bit of time discussing the other day for their infrastructure bill. That's so
0: exactly played the usual Yeah.
1: I don't think I don't think you're late to the game now, given the amount of probably money that's sitting on the sidelines waiting for clarity on regulations. Um I think you're still early and you potentially if you've got a bit of money on the side and you want to invest, don't invest your life savings. But maybe just get a bit of exposure to this industry.
0: Exactly.
1: Um, and just hodl and see where where it goes.
0: Exactly. Uh, Even we were talking about Coinbase uh, before you mentioned it, like the fact that the amount of users that increased was massive, like over, I think, 12 million. 12 million users. Twelve million. It's insane.
1: That's an enormous number. Um, And I think think when you look at those numbers for Coinbase, and I I saw something on Twitter the other day, I can't remember the exact details of it, but it compared the user growth or or, sorry, the, the returns. Of Coinbase mm-hmm. to you know, the stock exchange and the other exchanges, and it completely blew them out of the water as well. So I think I think there is quite a, a significant uptick in adoption, um, and and the more markets that people are able to access, you know, crypto from, and, and they're able to get the on ramps into the market, um, you know, we're going to see that continue. I think Coinbase's numbers just demonstrate um, that alone, and arguably, if you if you're worried about owning crypto, then you know, having exposure to coin. Um, you know, from a stock point of view, um, or micro strategy for, even for that matter, might not be a bad shout either. Um, personally, I would hold the underlying asset if it was me, <laughs> um, but, uh, but Coinbase growth um, is something that I think just validates kind of what we're seeing on chain with Bitcoin in terms of the network growth.
0: Exactly. And we were talking about the protection like, and how to protect yourself and your investments since the beginning. And regulations, I think, from countries will play a huge role in that. Uh, what's your take yeah. on that?
1: So, <laughs> interesting one, the regulation piece, I mean, everything that's been going on in the media recently is, you know, been taking place in the United States. Yeah. Um, I'm not a U.S. citizen, so I don't really, you know, can't comment too much on it, although I was a bit vocal in terms of some of the approaches. Um, and that, that were kind of being discussed you know fundamentally the reason there has been a lot of prosperity when it comes to the us over the last few years or decades um has been the fact that they as a country embrace innovation and you know by embracing innovation and protecting those freedoms um you know they have managed to accelerate and grow exponentially so when it comes to the regulation space i think regulations are healthy they're going to come regardless because yeah. some of the bigger players you know the whether it's institutions countries, they're going to need that clarity and, you know, it can be cited under investor protection, but ultimately is about keeping some form of control and tax governance. And ultimately, whether you're a kind of pro or against that, it is an inevitability for a healthy market to kind of continue that way. And I think the regulation discussions that are taking place isn't something that you're gonna see resolved in 12 months. Yeah. You know, Regulations ultimately could take five, even 10 years Easy. to really iron out, particularly when you think about the red tape and the kind of back and forth, you know, the Democrats, or Republicans, the yeah, blues, yeah. the reds, whatever side you sit on, there's gotta be a lot of agreement as to that. The challenge that I see with it is whether you know, the, the regulators or politicians actually engage with the industry. The mm. industry can really help shape trying to shoehorn old policies or old regulations to this innovative space is not really going to you know produce the outcomes that i think many in in the industry want to see so that's something that i would love to see happen over the next you know few years is a complete collaboration to help bring this space kind of to the forefront and for the innovation to be allowed to, to continue um, in, in a safe place within kind of whatever those regulations are. But
0: there are so many things that are playing a role in the market. Like we see sometimes a tweet from Elon Musk that, you know, <laughs> changes the whole. Good like... old Elon. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I wonder if you've
1: got any Dogecoin holders in the, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's interesting, right? Because you, you look at the markets and you think, okay, every, and the human behavior is you see something happen and there's causation. So that must've caused X, you know, Elon Musk. Was able to kind of influence the market, but the market structure, if you looked at it from a technical point of view, was indicating that either the market was overblown or ready to kind of move up. Um, on-chain data, when it comes to Bitcoin, was demonstrating that as well in terms of what long-term holders and short-term holders were doing. So there was a lot of environmental things within yeah. the kind of space anyway, and then it just needed a trigger or a fire yeah. just to go in to kind of course And these so, ready for it. You know, exactly and be ready for it right ride the volatility yeah. if, you, if you if you're if you going to trade it or capitalize on the volatility if you're going to hold so if the market drops down like it did recently from april to july you know that's a great opportunity to start buying back in mm. you know, it's not always a good opportunity to start buying in when elon musk is pumping every single dogecoin yeah. and writing you know uh, stuff on twitter which causes every single cryptocurrency to move and um, you know 20 30 up so you know i think the volatility is something that is gradually slowing down in the space um, and, and I think kind of those influences, those individual influences will become fewer and farther between I think as this space matures. It's still a very young industry, I mean yeah. it's 12 and a half years old, so um, it's quite expected.
0: How would people block the noise and be patient and hold when they want to invest? <clears throat>
1: That's one of the hard. I mean, genuinely, that's probably one of the hardest things, right? Because we're we're conditioned as humans today yeah. Um we, we think very short term, right? We we've lived the last two decades, particularly the last decade. And this this next decade that we're going into is going to be crazy. But we're conditioned to think quite short term. We want instant gratification. We're used 100%. to things immediately. Yeah. So, you know, if you're of that mindset, you really have to retrain yourself to zoom out and kind of think, OK, what am I what am I investing in here? Am I trying to make a quick buck or am I actually trying to protect my, few, my earnings for my future retirement? And you know, if you're able to kind of one, get your mindset in that way first, then you, you're pretty much 70% of the way there. How you filter the noise is really about spending and investing your time to understand who are the credible people that you wanna follow in the space. Mm-hmm. For example, if you go on Twitter, you could follow a ton of traders, yeah. but they have different objectives to you. They're trying to flip within a, a short period of time. Whereas if you follow people like Raul Powell or Anthony Pompiano,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you can you know, actually learn quite a bit from these people who have a much longer term time preference and, and understand kind of the broader market movement. So you have to go and seek those people out. If you listen to a lot of traders um, or kind of and look at what's happening on day to day, then you're kind of counter, countering your investor kind of mindset. Whereas if you're a trader then that's actually you want to play the day, daily moves. So, um, you know, for me, it's difficult. I do keep in touch with the trader piece, but I, um, but you know, predominantly I listen to a ton of podcasts, watch YouTube. I tune into, you know, select group of people. Um, and I don't really stress about kind of short term moves.
0: Nice. So get the knowledge and filter it out. Um, do you think Bitcoin will reach 100 K before the (laughs) end of this year?
1: I mean. I'm not going to speak in absolutes, (laughs) because I don't think anyone knows. Um, I personally have lent or believed that that is a higher probability uh, for, you know, two or three years now. Um, Nothing has changed my opinion on that being potentially the case. Um, I don't think that's the top. So if, if it's moving to that sort of number and the adoption continues and the data continues to Kind of show long-term holders are, are holding on, um, and you know, layer two, the Lightning Network is grow, it continues to grow. Then I see no reason for that not to be achieved. Um, if regulations come out really kind of negatively, um, and you know, the space is kind of being held down a bit, and we have a bit of a, a bigger macro downturn, yeah. which is possible given the climate that we're in, um, you know, then then that might slow that. I personally think it's going there, whether it gets there by the end of the year, perhaps, but it doesn't matter if it gets there in ne- end of next year. I mean, for me, it's a 20,
0: you know, by 2030, <laughs> I think
1: it's, um, I, th- I think the space is going to grow exponentially. I think the whole space is going to explode over the next uh, decade. And I think being part of it is, uh, is an opportunity not to be missed.
0: hundred percent. What's one lesson you would like to share with us, uh, that you've learned from investing in crypto?
1: Don't sell. <laughs> so nice ge- you genuinely don't sell like there's, there's nothing. I mean, so, in that case, there's two lessons, don't overexpose yourself mm-hmm. and then don't sell. Right. So if you overexpose yourself, you will have sleepless nights and then you'll want to sell. Unfortunately, <laughs> when you sell, the chances are that, that coin then goes up 50 X and you have to sit from the sidelines watching it. But uh, yeah, for me, it's don't sell. Just invest long term, hold um, and be part of the journey.
0: It's nice. pretty exciting. And enjoy the journey. <laughs>
1: enjoy the journey exactly
0: <laughs> exactly thank you so much uh, steve managing director of جميعاً life thank you so much for being with Thanks us for having me.